Praise God. Praise the Lord. God is working and God is answering our prayers. Amen. Amen. These things are not done by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 7? Um, Obviously, time is a factor, but I want to introduce something to you that I believe the Lord laid upon my heart to bring hope to you, to bring encouragement to you, and also to challenge you to pray and fast, specifically this Wednesday night, and to encourage you in your prayer time that prayer is purposeful. God hears prayer. He answers prayer. And more than ever before, we need to be people of prayer. Amen? Second Chronicles 7.14, I believe that uh, you are familiar with that verse, and it's something I'm sure you've seen, especially during uh, the crisis that we're facing uh, in our day, in this nation. But something that I want to encourage you with, uh, 50 years ago, these words were spoken on April 13th, 1970. These words were spoken by the crew of Apollo 13 moon flight. They reported a major technical problem back to their Houston base. We have a problem. It became a quotable quote. It became shorthand for a saying or saying something has gone terribly wrong. Houston We have a problem. I'd like to propose to you this morning that we change that a little bit and say, planet Earth, we have a problem. America, we have a problem. I believe that we are facing a crisis that is unprecedented, at least in our lifetime. Listen, our nation is in a cultural Political, racial, and spiritual war for the very soul of our nation. We are in an incredible, incredible spiritual battle. It cannot be overemphasized. It cannot be over-dramatized. The reality is we are facing some problems, overwhelming circumstances. But I want to look in the scriptures, and I want us to look at a passage found in the Old Testament. And you know, sometimes people say, why why do we read the Old Testament? Why do we look at times that were so far um, before the life of Christ? Why, Why do we look at it? Why do we talk about it? Why do we read the Old Testament? Isn't that kind of outdated? Aren't we in the New Testament? Yes, and amen. We know what the, the, the scriptures or, or the writers of, of God's holy word say in, in New Testament times. Paul says in Romans chapter 15 verse 4, whatever things were written beforehand, he was talking about the Old Testament. He said they were written for our learning that through the scriptures we might find comfort and hope. Through the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. In another passage in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 10, I believe it's verse 13, Paul would go on to say, whatever things, uh, these things were written as examples 
to us. And he was, he was rehearsing in chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. He was going over uh, the, the, the wanderings, the wanderings of the children of Israel in the Old Testament and the things they went through. And Paul said, these things were written as examples to us that we should learn from them. So is it, is it safe to say that we can look into the whole Bible and we can learn lessons and we can hear God's voice? Amen? Amen. We realize that problems, crises, and overwhelming circumstances are nothing new to the people of God. Nothing new. The whole Bible really is one crisis, one challenge, one difficulty after another. And I want to look at a few verses of scripture this morning that, that will challenge you to encourage you that even through it all, there is a hope. Through it all, there is hope. First, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for my self as a house of sacrifice. Verse 13, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. What a promise from God. You see, all that we are facing today, in spite of all that's going on, God is not up in heaven wringing his hands. He is not flustered. He is not confused. He is not bewildered by what is going on on planet Earth. The Lord, God, is not only the Lord of Earth, he's the Lord of the whole universe. If the very hairs of your head are numbered, if a sparrow does not fall to the Earth without the knowledge of the Father, surely, surely he knows what the condition of this world is. Surely he knows what the condition of your world is. And Jesus himself, in Matthew chapter 24, in Luke chapter 21, over 2,000 years ago, prophesied what would be happening on planet Earth. God knows, God cares, and he gives us a promise in this verse of Scripture. That promise is, if my people, then I will heal their land. If my people... The if is our responsibility. The then is his responsibility. Now, in this passage of scripture, uh, God is responding to the dedication of the temple that he had instructed Solomon to build as a place for his glory to dwell. And God said that this is my house of prayer, and if my people in times of calamity would seek me, I would respond. Now, in this passage of Scripture, if you look in verse 13 quickly, we only have a few moments, but God said, listen, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, when I command the locusts to devour the land, or when I send pestilence among my people. 
Now, now just stay with me for a, a couple of moments because I'm going to start uh, uh, treading on, on, on thin ice right now. I'm going to start going into to some, some, some political, uh, religious, and, and, and cultural landmines right now. In this passage, now, now just stay with me and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move along here. But in this passage, let me ask you a question. Who is sending locusts to devour the land? Who is sending pestilence among his people? Who is shutting up the heavens? God. You see, when there's no rain in the land, that really spells economic collapse amongst God's people. When locusts come, they destroy crops and vegetation, and all the food for man and animals is, is devastated. Or when a pestilence comes, there's destruction. This, this word could also mean uh, plague or destroyer. Now, now, understand now, just stay with me, because out there, all of you on social media have heard it from one end of the, uh, the, the spectrum to the other. Now, there are those, now I'm just presenting this to you, there are those who say that God would never send a plague, a pestilence, that God would never send a, a judgment such as that. There are those today that would say, you know, this, this coronavirus is not a judgment from God. Now, there, swing to the other end of the uh, spectrum. There are those who are saying, and, and you've read it, I'm sure. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about because right in your mind, you're scrolling on Facebook right now. Social media. There are those who say, it is God who sent this judgment because of the sin of our nation, the sin of the world. It is God that has sent this plague and, and causing all that's going on. So you've got one end of the uh, spectrum to the other. You've got everything in between. So pastor, what do you believe? That's a good question. Can I propose to you this? Now, some of you, this isn't going to be sensational enough for you. This ain't going to be dramatic enough. This ain't going to be uh, uh, social media worthy. Could we at least agree on this fact? That God has allowed what is happening. I mean, I'm, I'm getting good at walking a tightrope. But the fact of the matter is, in the scriptures, there were times when God would, as a form of judgment, send a plague, an invading army, a, 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 a swarm of locusts, or, or some form of judgment, and please understand, this is critical in our theology, critical in our understanding of God, critical in putting things into perspective, that even in judgment, God's purpose is to bring sinful man to repentance so that they might come to salvation. 
God's purposes are always redemptive. God's heart and desire is always for people to turn to him. And sometimes he will use difficult circumstances. I should say most of the times because usually you and I are not so quick to respond unless we are forced to respond. And you see, right now, in the hour that we live in, as the people of God, there are so many questions. And even, you know what, there could be a hopelessness that creeps into the, to the church and amongst people because we could say, what good is faith? We've prayed and, and things are not getting better. They seem to be getting worse. We might say, what good, what is the purpose of prayer? What, why have faith? Nothing seems to be happening. But I propose to you this morning, more than ever, our faith is critical. More than ever, our prayers are essential. More than ever, we need to trust in a God who knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. We don't see the whole picture. We don't know all that's going on in our world and what God is doing. See, God is, is he's not playing checkers. He's playing chess. And, and, and if you know anything about chess, when you make a move, you're not making just one move for the next move. You're making a move for eight, ten moves down the road. You are preparing for, to defeat your enemy by, 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 by just such trickery and, and such skill that you position things not one at a time but several moves down the road. You're anticipating, and God, he knows what is happening. He knows what's going on in this world. He's preparing this world for, for things that we don't even realize. And you see, our faith is critical because, you know, Christianity is the only belief system where it's God died and suffered Christianity is the only uh, uh, religion, if I can use that in a good connotation, where, where their, their, their Savior endured the suffering and the pain like no one else. And so what does that do for us? That gives us an understanding that we serve a God who can empathize. He could sympathize. He understands what we're going through. We can turn to him more than ever, more than, more than ever. We need to turn to God with all of our heart. For our God knows suffering, he knows pain, he knows death. And we could come and we can look at the cross and we could call upon a God and we could worship a God and we could pray to a God who knows and he understands. We see that the children of Israel or God was giving his people a prescription, if you will. If these things begin to happen, here's what you need to do. And what do we need to do as the people of God this morning? Here's the plan, verse 14a, if my people who are called by my name, are you the people of God this morning, amen? You see, every single one of us, don't look at yourself this morning, look at the cross. Don't look at your holiness, look at his holiness. Don't look at your righteousness, look at Christ's righteousness, because that's what we build our hope upon. On Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ. In Christ alone this morning. If my people, we are the people of God. Called by his name, we have a responsibility. See, what the problem is, what people are confused about today, they're looking to the government for the answers. 
And we need to pray for our government. And, and our government should lead with, with wisdom and, and, and integrity. And, 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 but we need to pray. But we have to understand what the Bible says, that you don't trust in princes. You don't trust in the arm of the flesh. Psalm says, we trust in God. We can't trust in the scientists. They're just trying to figure this out as smart and as wise and all their research. The reality of it is, and, and you know what? We, some people could look and say, well, they changed their science. I, I thought science was science. One day they say this, one day they say that. You know what it is? They're just trying to play catch up. Things are changing. They're doing their best. Doctors and nurses all doing their best. But you know what? They're not God. If my people were called by my name, God is saying, look to me, trust in me, look to me with all of your heart. Our reliance needs to be not on politicians, not on scientists, but upon God. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And listen, this is, a, this is so much I have in this message. And, and, and I believe that the Lord has given me just some thoughts I want to share the next couple of weeks from this passage of Scripture. So, so I'm not going to get into it in depth. But, but this talk in this passage, there's the need for humility. Humble themselves. There is so much pride and arrogance in our world. And it's crept into the church. We think we know it all. We think we got all the answers. And we want to cancel out those who speak contrary to what we believe. We need to humble ourselves. Can you say amen? We need to, to pray. Scripture says, my people humble themselves and seek my face and pray. We need also to repent. Turn from their wicked ways. Who in this place is without sin? None of us. Repentance. And then the promise this morning. And I close with this thought. If my people call by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That is the promise of God. God said, I will hear from heaven. Prayer and fasting is a powerful way to push through our distractions. See, it's not God that is, that is hiding or playing, uh, being difficult. It is you and I that have things in our life that really hinder us from connecting with him. So prayer and fasting help to strip those things away so that we can come into agreement with God, alignment with God. And so when we do, God says, you know what? I'm going to heal your land. I'm going to forgive your sin. What a promise. Our land, our nation... Our lives need healing. You might need healing in your relationships. There are some things that are going on in your life, in your family, in your workplace, that there's nothing but the work of the devil. There's chaos and there's confusion. God says, I want to heal relationships. Come on, he's a healer and he's a restorer. Heal our land. We've got such politicy. Uh, uh, this, this whole thing with the virus has become a political issue. This whole thing with racial tension has become a political issue. And the devil has gotten in there and is so exasperated things and so convoluted things that it's caused such confusion. We, as the people of God, have a responsibility to pray. Yeah. 
to seek the face of God. Only God can heal our land. Only God can bring an end to this, to this virus. Only God can bring unity. Only God can do these things. I am calling the church to pray and seek God this Wednesday with prayer and fasting. Come on, I, I, I know of no greater weapon and no greater combination of prayer and fasting that is so powerful that will make such a difference. I believe this church has stood strong through this virus, has stood strong through every season because we have been people who prayed in fasting. When we prayed in fasting, sometimes it didn't feel like anything was happening, but God was doing something behind the scenes. He was doing something that man cannot see, empowering us, anointing us, stir, uh, making us sturdy and strengthening us. And God wants to do it in this hour. I challenge you to pray in the fast. And don't be sneaky. Oh, I'm going to just fast. I'm going to fast breakfast. You don't eat breakfast anyway. Come on, I know human nature. I love every one of you, but I can see you and I can see thoughts fluttering in your mind. Well, I'll pray and fast when God speaks to me. God is speaking to you right now. Amen. Hello? From the pulpit. Amen. He uses, he uses his servants. Amen. Well, I'll, I'll pray and fast when I'm led by the Spirit. Well, the Spirit's leading us. Amen. Well, I'll pray and fast when there's a need. If you don't think there's a need now, there is a need. You've got to pinch yourself. You're numb. Come on, in the name of Jesus. And what I want to challenge, something I believe the Lord gave me while I was praying. He gave me, now, now you really got to focus 714-4714. And what I want to ask you to begin to do, and I'm going to be ministering on this the next few weeks, I want to challenge you to pray 2 Chronicles 7:14 for 7 minutes and 14 seconds every day. Statistics tell us Christians that pray, pray an average of three minutes a day. In the United States, I don't know about other places, but statistically. So if we can begin to pray, and you say, Pastor, well, I pray 20 minutes a half hour. Praise God, I'm, I do too, more. But if we can get everybody focusing every one of you, every day, and especially on Saturdays for Sunday morning, that God would hear from heaven, that God would forgive our sin and heal our land. Can we start a movement in Jesus' name? Can we start something so powerful as the people of God every day praying 714? That's an outline. I'm going to go over this in the next few weeks. There's a lot. If we unpack that, you could pray more than seven minutes and 14 seconds. But if we can begin to do it every day and get some of us that don't pray at all, and I don't say that, you know, uh, to condescend to you, but to challenge you, to pray, to take a few minutes every day. Let me tell you, the confusion will begin to dissipate. The lies will begin to come down. The destruct, what the enemy's trying to do will begin to re be reversed in Jesus' name. Can you stand together with me this morning? Hallelujah. Come on, there's hope. God says, when, when I send these things, I'm talking about Second Chronicles, pestilence. When I shut up the heavens and there's no rain, that means there's no food. When, when I send a plague, if my people, what is God saying? He's saying there's hope. 
No matter how bad things are in this world today, I still believe there's hope. If the people of God would rise up and take on the challenge and begin to seek God, I believe God will hear from heaven and he will respond. Amen. Come on, of all people in this world, the church, Christian people, should be people of hope. Yes, things are difficult. Yes, there are things going on in my life, in your life we don't like. We're burdened, we're broken, we're hurting. But you know what? We're people of hope. If God said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should relent. Hallelujah. Come on, right now, commit yourself to God. Say, God, I will I will take up that challenge to pray 714 for 714 every day. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the back to the front, side to side, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit so touch us, God, that we would consecrate ourselves, that the same Spirit that touched us last Sunday, that touched us this morning, and we felt His presence, would also bring about a consecration in our life, Lord, that we would turn to you God we would seek you God and we would begin to experience that hope Lord that your word brings to us father God I pray Lord that you would just sanctify us consecrate us challenge us every one of us to set aside this Wednesday to fast if we can't make it out to the house of God to pray on our own to fast but to seek you God that we might come into unity and see what you will do God, we thank you today, God, and I pray a blessing over your people this morning. Father God, we have challenges. Father, we're confused. We're confounded by trials and tribulations. There's physical suffering. There's sicknesses and diseases we're dealing with. There are family challenges. There are financial issues. There are emotional problems. But God, we're going to turn to you. We're going to trust in you today, God. So Father God, I pray for the encouragement of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. God bless you that are listening by live stream. We'll see you on Wednesday night. In Jesus' name, Amen.